Welcome to the Cybersecurity Simplified Podcast, where we take the mystery out of today's top security threats and solutions. It isn't lost to us here at Cybersecurity Simplified that many of you listen and watch because you have a keen interest in cybersecurity work. You want to make that career leap from wherever you are, or at least pivot for those of you in IT or in a technical role today. First, I want to applaud you because you are taking steps toward reaching the opportunity and not just waiting for it to happen. Second, this episode is for you. Welcome to episode 32 of Cybersecurity Simplified. I'm your co-host, Susanna Song. And I'm co-host Dave Barton. I'm so glad that we could do this uh, every so often, David, and revisit a topic uh, that's so near and dear to many of you. Obviously, I'm no security expert, but I am who I am today because of mentors, right? And you and I talk about this a lot, David, the importance of mentorship, right? Because there's really no uh, magic formula or one clear cut path to any career. And especially in cybersecurity, I think mentorship is huge because you're told to get certain certifications and then you're on your own. Right. And that's pretty daunting. I agree. You know, it's cybersecurity certainly has a challenge there. I think I think most tech industries have that issue. You know, if you're in accounting, you you get a CPA and and then you uh, progress through the ranks and you might end up as a CFO or something in cyber. I'm not going to say it's more complicated than accounting, but it probably is. And, you know, having said so, there's so many disciplines within that idea of cyber that without somebody to help you and ask you the right questions and point you in the right directions, it's difficult. I mean, it can be difficult. So, you know, having a couple of our, our team on, on this podcast who give, will give us some perspective will be fantastic. So we're, we're happy to have uh, Aaron Martin, yep. uh, security architect for us. And Nick Burnett, he's a, one of our tier two uh, SOC analysts. By the way, that doesn't mean you guys can go hire them at all. Uh, don't, don't <laughs> out. they're not looking for jobs. Um, but guys, welcome to the podcast. We are happy to have you here. Thank you. Happy to be here. And they're kind of shy, right? That fits a stereotype. Just kidding. <laughs> well, well it's, it's probably true. <laughs> Let's start with Nick Burnett. So Nick, tell us a little bit about, you know, your title, you're a tier two SOC analyst. Tell us where you're at right now and how you got there. Well, yeah. So where I'm at now, right, is I'm a tier two SOC analyst. So um, I started as a tier one here and, uh, you know, from there I was able to transition up into a tier two position so that I'm, I'm handling escalations from our tier ones as they're doing their, their day-to-day uh, analysis and digging through whatever they can find within our tools. Um, but as far as my journey to get here, uh, started pretty early. I was, you know, really interested in computers and things as a kid. Um, you know, I got hand-me-downs from my dad for computers since as early as I can remember. And uh, I finally started taking an interest into, you know, maybe getting a career in something computer related in high school. Uh, so in my senior year of high school, I attended a vocational school 
for computer networking and learned a lot about networking and we worked with Linux systems and things like that. And from there, I kind of figured out, you know, I, I do like IT. I do want to pursue a career in this. And uh, I looked for jobs uh, straight out of high school for IT. And it was pretty hard for me to find anything in Battle Creek, Michigan at the time. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I ended up uh, seeing a recruiter and joining the Air Force. And I did six years in the Air Force as a 3DOX3, which is uh, cyber surety. So it's cybersecurity, but specifically the policy side of things, handling audits and building policies for the base and ensuring that those were, you know, being kept properly. So I was able to kind of pivot from that sort of policy background into a more active role here, you know, with a more hands-on security analysis type of thing. And how about, yeah, how about you, Aaron? Where are you at, and uh, how'd you get there? Oh, what a thrilling question. Uh, my uh, background is going to be it's probably not anything out of the ordinary. Um, where I'm at, I'm a security architect. I've been here for about a year now. Um, I'm pretty close to it. Uh, if you ask Dave what my job description is, it's just the guy who gets stuff done. He doesn't actually, I don't think he wants to give me a true job description. Well, and, and the S really is not stuff. It's something else, but, you know, it's a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. And, and full disco- disclosure here, David is Aaron's boss. <laughs> That's true. Damn it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm probably pretty similar to Nick. I took interest into computers pretty early on. Uh, in fact, I mean, for most of my life, it was like, you know, an avid gamer. I think I got my very first PlayStation when I was like five years old. Uh, so, I mean, that kind of continued. I wrote my first program in the eighth grade. Uh, I built the game Snake um, using uh, C++ back then. And then I kind of took a turn. Because uh, I grew up in a town of about a thousand people, small farming town, and I went from basically jumping into Future Farmers of America (FFA) and mm. did that <laughs> all four years. You laugh, but I was the vice president. Okay, do, do you wow. still have the jacket? I mean, I have I have both of my jackets. Look, I, I grew have, up in rural Iowa. FFA was a big deal. It still is. I think at the time, like. 75% of our school was in F- enrolled in FFA. So okay. that's what you did when you lived in small <laughs> town. It's a true story. Small. It is true. For a little bit there, I thought I was going to end up going in agriculture. Uh, senior year, I bounced all around. Ultimately, I ended up pre-med, uh, planning on going into neurology. Uh, hard stop at that when I realized how much school I was really going to have to do and pivoted over to computer science. Um from there, I was very fortunate um, that uh, girlfriend, now wife's father, works in this field, and he lent me a internship uh, that ultimately ended up into a full-time role as a junior developer with him for a while. And then from there, I went from uh, developer to uh, worked at an MSP for a while, where I was doing you know normal MSP things, sysadmin, network admin stuff. Um, back to developer again. And then finally, I pivoted over into security. Uh, funny enough, Dave was the one who hired me into my first security role as a SOC 1. 
Groove to SOC 2, senior engineer, and then here we are as an architect. So you guys have somewhat different journeys, right? Like you went into the military where you really were able to explore, but both of you guys kind of had family members who helped guide, facilitate uh, your interest and your passion to what's become now your cybersecurity careers. What about for people, we, we get a ton of emails, I do personally, from people who, who listen to our podcast and they're coming from very, very different careers, but they know that they are highly interested in security. What would your, you know, how, how would you guide them as they listen? Where do they go from here? Uh, you know, there's a lot of really great free online study material to hop right into to get go. I know it's it's vague in of where do you get started, and there's so much in security that it's hard to figure out where you want to get started. Where if it's penetration testing, incident response, uh, being in the SOC, you know, whatever it is, there's a lot of paths that it's kind of hard to figure out your way. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of kind of just going through study material there's a lot of really great groups out there um your local defcon groups uh there are small communities of security individuals uh that usually are very focused around you know it's community driven from the ground up they want to help you uh land your first role the place to talk and bounce ideas and things i'm a part of several groups here in tennessee um and it's about making those connections to help you going forward uh, i know a lot of people one of my very good friends, uh, he actually started out, he was a truck driver for like a decade. And now he's in security and he's, I mean, he's blowing the roof off the place. So it's, you know, a lot of it is about networking and a lot of it is kind of finding your footing. Uh, I think, you know, there's a certification route you can go or there's tons of boot camps out there as long as you're finding the right ones. Nick's nodding. Yeah, the uh, the unfortunate truth, I think, about cybersecurity in general is it's it's really hard to get experience under your belt before stepping into a corporate role, right? Like there's, it's, it's hard, like you can go and you can get your certifications, which can get you at least your foot in the door a lot of the time. But, uh, you know, you're having to look for a lot of specific smaller companies and things like that to try to kind of open that up to be able to get experience with, you know, cybersecurity tools and things like that. Cause there's not a lot of options for you to work with those types of like analysis tools on like a home network or something like that. So networking is really important, um, you know, so that you can kind of rise up together with, you know, your peers and, and be able to work with uh, the people that, you know, you're learning alongside. But Nick brings up a good point, too, when you're learning at home. Home labbing is going to be a huge deal, I think, taking open source technology that exists, even if it's not industry standard tools that you're going to see out of Fortune 500. The ideology is still the same behind the tool. If it's a sim, it's a sim, it's a sim. Um, Whether it's open source or something like Splunk, Elastic, Stellar, you know, any of the other vendors out there, there's, you know, plenty of options out there to get you know, some familiar, familiarity, goodness, with the tool uh, to kind of understand how they're going to work. Yep, I agree. So you guys, you guys talked about 
<clears throat> you're both in technical roles. Um, you know, we, we led with the fact that cybersecurity is, is a huge breadth of capability and, and disciplines. How, how do you figure out where you want to be? Right. Nick, you went, you went the audit compliance route, Aaron, you went developer back to security, you know, give our listeners just some perspective, right? Cause I, I have an opinion and, I, and I'd like you guys to have one as well. I think for me, it, it really came down to with my time in the air force, being able to talk to the guys in my squadron, right? Like I didn't really know exactly what I was getting into. And that is probably the case often for a lot of careers in the military where you're sold on one thing and you end up kind of doing something different. Um, and especially for certain career fields where they have a breadth of things that they do depending on where you end up landing. Um, so something that was really fortunate for me was that uh, my shop that I landed in uh, when I was at Luke uh, was very close to uh, the operations side and I had a lot of friends on the NetOps floor. So I was able to take a lot of time to you know, see the kind of stuff they were doing and even got to experience some of it as kind of a shadowing kind of thing uh, to see what you know some of the the more hands-on roles were doing um, both you know on my own time as well as end up you know having to to do those kind of like audits and things like that for compliance so for me it ended up just kind of you know being lucky with the people that i was able to work with and the opportunities i was given to kind of see what other people do Okay, <clears throat> Aaron, any any thoughts? Yeah, I, it's funny because every now and then I'll get the itch and I'll chase some rabbit and be like, why don't I go back into you know reverse engineering malware and do that full time? But uh, at the same time, it's oh wait, no, you actually kind of suck at this, so I'll uh, I'll stick with my uh, my engineering roots. Right. Uh, but I don't know. It's it's difficult because when I first started out in the sock. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to try pen testing. I wanted to try incident response. I wanted to do the malware. Um, and I think once you kind of land wherever you land, whether it's a SOC or TRC kind of role first, you, you get the usually as long as you're, I want to say, in the smaller companies because you're not often siloed when you're in a smaller company, but a, a company uh, like an MSSP like ourselves, you often get to play around with a lot of different things and you kind of get to get your feet wet and that's usually kind of where you can drive where you want to go next. Uh, that's kind of how I've always played it. Uh, I've always enjoyed the, the engineering aspect of things, whether that's, you know, security engineering, DevOps kind of stuff. So I'm always lean to where I'm at now, but there definitely was a time where I thought I was going full blown incident response or I thought I was going to get into pen testing. And after playing with them, they just, you know, I like doing it for a little bit, not what I want to do full time. Got it. So is it fair to say that both of you got to get some experience or exposure to other parts of the cybersecurity discipline that helped get you where you wanted to be now? Absolutely. Yeah, and especially for me, you know, coming from going into that that sort of policy auditing compliance background in the Air Force when I landed in, in a 3DOX3 role. Uh, I mean, I did that for six years and that was more than enough time for me to figure out I like, you know, the 
the concept of that kind of stuff, but doing the actual work for auditing and policy and stuff is is mind numbing to me. So I yeah, wanted to try to get into that more technical role. That's right. There's a reason why I don't do it as well. Um, <laughs> so if you had to, sorry, Susanna, I'm asking all the questions. I love if it. If you guys had to pick one skill that you think has helped you the most in cyber could be soft skill could be technical skill but for our listeners who are trying to get into this space what's the one thing or two or three but at least mm -hmm. one that each one of you would say get really good at this or know this really well great right? question aaron you want to go first since i nick went first last time that's a hard one because for me i think the most valuable skill i have that uh, you know I've grown over the years is troubleshooting and it started all the way at the beginning of you know being in development my code broke if I had a bug I had to troubleshoot and figure it out today in engineering and architecture if something breaks I have to go figure it out um, because it can be production and it can be costing us money or uh, you know jeopardizing customers and stuff so I think that's probably the biggest skill that I could say uh, for me at least but that one is a I want to say difficult one to achieve because you really need to, there's nothing like accidentally deleting a production table in a database that really gets your blood pumping. And those are kind of the fires that really, uh, you know, make your mark. Um, but you can still get a little bit of troubleshooting experience, home labbing when you break things and then have to fix things. So you want, you, the skill is that, not not only that you can do it, but you have the desire to do it. Right? Yeah, troubleshooting is by far my favorite thing in in what I do. I like fixing problems, so yeah. there's a problem I want to fix it. I think mine kind of runs alongside that. I'd say for me, the biggest skill that's helped me the most, and this isn't even necessarily specifically a cybersecurity thing, but having a good grasp on you know, your, your Google foo, how to find things, right? Cause especially with cybersecurity, it, it's such a, you know, volatile environment where there's just new things all the time, stuff's changing all the time, being able to see some kind of new attack and then be able to dig into and look and see, okay, this is how this works, you know, dig a little more, find those threads and follow those and, and really get to learn how those, those types of things work, uh, I think has helped me a ton. Okay. Yeah, my my argument would probably be that if you're starting from scratch, um, networking to me is is the base foundation for everything else. If you're good with people, even if you're not good with people, you've got enough life experience where you can talk. But if if you understand networking and you grow your skill and you add in development like Aaron did or policy like Nick did, um, you can develop more cyber skills to make you more valuable as a whole. But if, if you don't understand basic networking, I think everything else is predicated on it. And, and that's just Wait. my my personal bias. Okay, so I'm a little confused. Networking in, in IT networking or networking like the social networking? No, no, not social. That's the okay. same side. I'm, I'm talking about TCP IP and Got routing yes. and subnet masks and default gateways and, and eventually getting yeah. to be able to pull out a packet and decode it and understand what it tells you. I think all of that to me is foundational, but 
that's just my perspective from uh, from my experience in the in the seat. All right. Well, we're, we're getting to the end of this episode. I want to hear final thoughts from Aaron, Nick, and even David. Maybe you can close it out. One final piece of advice for the newbie looking into a cybersecurity career. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, I think my 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 biggest advice is to get some kind of cert. It doesn't need to be you know anything too in depth. Even something simple, you know, entry level stuff like a, like a security plus from Contia is is enough to get your foot in the door. And then you don't need to worry too much about search from that point forward until you've landed something. And I think from there you're you should be focusing more on expanding your your network. Okay, Aaron. Uh, I think for me the big big thing to get started with is is the network. I think go find you some people on Twitter to follow, join some Discord groups, find like-minded people, and find a mentor. Uh, mentoring several people, you know, pretty much constantly. I've hired a couple of them here, um, so I think that's kind of where you'll uh, you'll get the most exposure and experience. Hmm. Two good answers. I think uh, I think I would probably tie them together, right? Um, focus on on learning some technical skill that gets your foot in the door, but find that person who can help guide you through that process. Um, and then I think the most important is don't give up. Just because you interview for a job or you talk to someone about a role and they go, well, you just don't have enough experience. There are companies out there just like ours who will help you get your foot in the door, teach you, help you grow, mentor you. Um, I, I, I can point you to dozens of them that I know. In fact, like Aaron, I also mentor a few people and pointing them in the right direction is half the battle. So uh, find, find those people that you can relate to, that you can connect with, whether it's personal, in person, on a Zoom call, whatever, but ask for help, right? Go ask for help. Don't be that, I'll, I'll stereotype for a minute, don't be that man who's driving around in circles because he's too afraid to stop and ask for directions. Get some help because there's lots of people out there who will help you. Yeah, and you know where you can find the help, guys? I've got to put podcast. this. Well, podcast. the, the podcast Ooh. is one phenomenal channel, but the problem with the, the, this this channel is it's it's one one way communication. That's right. But I want to announce, and you guys are hearing it first, is that we have created a new cybersecurity simplified community group on LinkedIn. And when we talk about ask for help, find a mentor. Guess what, David. Aaron and Nick are part of this community. So ask questions, chat with us, find us on LinkedIn, okay? So the group is new and we are inviting all of you guys. Join this group. It's members only, but we will make sure to accept all of you listening today. Um, please request to join. And we have several dozen security practitioners, including a number of CISOs, veteran security guys like David, part of this group. So let's continue our conversation on LinkedIn and find David, Nick, and Aaron and myself in this group. And Susanna. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So 
Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you so much, Nick, for being part of today's discussion. And Aaron, I wore overalls because of your farming past. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so please cue come the, back. Cue the moo sounds. Yeah, I, just, I did not grow up on a farm, so <laughs> I just happened to live in a small farming town. Okay. Right, right. Okay, fair enough. And don't miss our next episode. We've got a hotshot lawyer joining us. She is uh, the products counsel for one of the largest tech companies in the world. Her legal and privacy experience includes running global privacy operations, privacy product counseling for new and emerging products, policy and compliance updates. You don't want to miss uh, the episode with her. David and I met her at RSA. She's great. So make sure you join us. Until next time, friends, I'm Susanna Song. And I'm Dave Barton. And this is Cybersecurity Simplified. From all of us here at Overwatch by Highwire Networks, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate the episodes you enjoyed, share, and leave us a comment. We'll catch you next time on the Cybersecurity Simplified podcast. Remember, the more you know about cybersecurity, the safer you'll be. To learn more, visit us at highwirenetworks.com slash podcast.